Hello, everyone. Welcome to Oh Wow, the podcast, a weekly recap and analysis of every episode of Skins UK, starting from the very beginning. I'm your host, Augustine, and today we're getting into season six, episode nine, Minnie and Frankie. And today we are joined by friend of the pod, TJ. I'm very excited to have you back on and get to talk about season six. Oh my god. First of all, just thank you so much for inviting me back. It's such a pleasure to talk to you every time and get to revisit the show and the characters. It's like coming back to talk to old friends uh, and you're a newer friend. So it's so much fun. Yeah. What are your thoughts about this generation and season six, I guess, in particular? So I wrote a whole essay in preparation (laughs) for this episode. So so I joined the Skins fandom way back in the day in between the hiatus between series five and six. So that was like the Tumblr era. And like series five, I think is fine. I find it a little dry, but I, I enjoy it for what it is. And then series six, I think is very different. I was just listening to one of your past episodes and I think you compared it to series four. And I kind of feel the same way where like, it's a very heightened and very dramatic compared to the other, the first half of the generation. Um, but I feel like series six in particular has a very big disconnect between the character arcs. Like series five, Minnie and Frankie are very different from series six, Minnie and Frankie when we pick up with them. So I have to really separate series five and six to enjoy them separately because I do enjoy things about them separately. But when you put them together, they just do not mesh. And I get really angry about the queer rep or lack of specifically in Gen 3. Yeah, definitely. Everyone, I feel like, has a different outlook on this generation some people love it some people really aggressively hate it I'm pretty neutral about a lot of it and feel like there's a lot of room for nuance talking about the differences even like you said between season five and season six so I'm happy to have you here so we can sort of like get into that and especially this episode in particular um brought back a lot of queer energy between Frankie and Minnie. (laughs) It was, okay, so I wrote my essay before Uh putting this episode on and was like, all right, I'm going off of memory, just ranting, ranting. And I'm like, oh, like, it was kind of queer baity, but like, not because they were both textually queer. But then series six just really tried to make us forget that that ever existed and then i watched this episode and i'm like it's so gay but like in a gal pal way we're like i don't know it just feels like they're trying to pretend like they're friends or there's nothing there and it's like no these two have a history of like romantic tension like and it's never addressed it's so weird yeah definitely so i guess instead of going minutia by minutia through the episode I'll kind of just jump around so we can talk about these different points um and I have a lot to say in terms of like thematically right and like but in terms of this episode like I feel like there's for me personally like I don't have a lot to say outside of like the queer rep of Minnie and Frankie yeah there were some bigger themes that I think this brought up that are worth talking about more than like specific details that really stood out although the first opening scene I did want to point out because 
It starts with Minnie and Frankie under the covers, which was definitely a flashback to when Michelle and Jal were yeah. under the covers um, when Jal was pregnant. And it was like a parallel of that scene. So I did find that interesting. Yeah. And like, so this brings me to a question that I wanted to ask you, because mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about this. So I want to pick your brain. You bring up Jal, and she also went through, like, the pregnancy storyline, but it ended very differently. So, like, what's your take on this storyline with Minnie, and, like, how does it compare in conversation with the Jal storyline? I have so many thoughts. I feel like that's something I've definitely been talking about a lot in the episodes is like my I'm a little frustrated because I feel like they've really dragged out the pregnancy arc to the point that it's basically been the main topic of this entire season. And I feel like they could have done more with like other characters, but it's all very much centered around this pregnancy arc. And maybe that is probably my own bias that like, I'm not super invested in pregnancy arcs usually. Whereas like a lot of people probably are and, and appreciate that. Um, Whereas in the first generation, Jal's pregnancy, we only really found out, I guess in the last few episodes of season two and even when she was pregnant earlier in season two it wasn't just like the main focus that everybody's centered around I guess so I don't know I think at this point like in this episode in particular because something (laughs) because things were finally actually happening with it (laughs) yeah instead of it just being like this is her secret this is her secret (laughs) like (laughs) yeah like I do like that we have both ends of the spectrum with the pregnancy storyline like Jao got rid of hers Minnie wants to keep hers but like both of them are having the agency to make that decision which I do like I just I'll be straight up I hate Aloe and I don't know how you feel about him but um he's my least favorite character like you know like sketch is like on another level of being hated Uh like Aloe just is my least favorite so like the fact that we are that Minnie is revolving plot wise around his penis i just hate it and the fact that she went from like this bisexual woman who has a very complicated relationship with sex which i found extremely interesting and well done to like oh she just wants to fuck this guy because he has a big penis like just seems so weird such a weird way to take her character so i i've never gotten over being bitter about what they did to minnie specifically because i do love her I don't even know. It's really hard for me to gauge if it's a hot take to not like aloe because I feel like (laughs) I feel always nervous to say that I don't like what they did with his character. I don't know if he has like a ton of like undying adoration like from the fan base because he's not super conventionally attractive compared to like the other guys. So I feel like there's not a ton of aloe stands, but I was so invested in him up until his like weird pedophile arc <laughs> what a weird episode i i have i did not go back and rewatch like five and six this time around i don't even know if i've ever seen series six more than once but i remember it pretty well just because i was like hate tweet or hate tumbling about it back in the day but that was such a weird episode even then and like 10 years later it's like i can't believe they did a whole episode about that it's wild yeah like I really loved aloe and multiple times in the beginning 
of season and all through season five and season six i was like al is my favorite i love him so much he's so cute and funny and then they're like and now he's a pedophile <laughs> and now he's kind of just shitty to me yeah. a lot <laughs> i always found him just really obnoxious i don't know like i couldn't even tell you why i'm just remembering 15 year old me just like hating aloe and i think part of it is like Back in the day, the ship wars on Tumblr were bad. So you had like Mini Frankie, which was Minky, and then you had Mini and Aloe, which was Mallow. And it just, they were at each other's throats. So, like, I'm telling you, this time between five and six was (laughs) really heightened and ugly. And then I think series six just went somewhere no one saw coming. So, like, the Aloe, Mini Aloe fans really, (laughs) really came out on top. That's so funny. I love hearing about the Tumblr days. Oh, I think everyone <laughs> fully expected, or at least the queers in the audience were like, oh my god, they're setting up Minnie and Frankie to like at least address their feelings and like what's gonna happen and then absolutely nothing. Right. Oh my gosh. Oh, so I don't know if it was a question, but um, so uh, there was this quote from back in the day, and I, I tried to find this article, I couldn't, but I remember around the time like episode one of series six came out, one of the writers or someone involved in the production was asked about Frankie's character arc and like where she was at the start of season six. And something along the lines was said of like, oh, she's really come out of her shell because she found these new friends and she's really discovered herself. And I just remember people being so upset about that because it really made being like genderqueer um, out to be like some sort of phase. And like, I don't know, it just, it really didn't sit well then. And I think, again, 10 years later, it's like festered now. Yeah, I think that's a really valid critique of Frankie's character (laughs) arc and... I mean, I have brought this up multiple times uh, in different episodes, but the fact that the writers literally said they just wanted to make her more like Effie. Mm. It's like shows. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because Frankie could have been the first cool trans representation on the show and it would have been really groundbreaking. And then, yeah, I feel like she got really watered down and now it's just like who does she like nick or maddie nick or maddie (laughs) and like so of course i'm mad they didn't take them in the direction that i wanted but even if they were from the start planning on doing these plot lines with the characters i feel like there's room in the conversation to have Minnie get with aloe and still be a bisexual woman exploring her sexuality and i think there's room in the conversation for Frankie to explore her more feminine side. But like the fact that we are ignoring their queerness that was established for both of them. Like to me, that just, again, it's not queer baiting, but I feel like it's like the awkward sibling of queer baiting where like, it's weird that it's been established and then forgotten about and neglected. It's very strange. Right. And in this episode, so, um, Basically, Frankie and Minnie are hanging out at Minnie's house and they end up having to take Minnie to the hospital and Minnie's having, well, I also wanted to point out personally that Minnie's having anemia in the hospital and I've been on my anemia arc this week. I'm like finally (laughs) getting treated for anemia, which is really great. So 
PSA, if you're feeling really fatigued and like you're going to pass out and you have headaches all the time, maybe get checked for anemia. Um, so that was very appropriate for what I've been going through. But um, anyway, so Minnie's in the hospital. I, I also just want to take a second to like talk about the hospital scene because there's such a hot mess. Like Maddie's back, everyone. Maddie's fully back. Nick shows up. They're like starting shit about Frankie. Aloe shows up. He finally finds out Minnie's pregnant. And I forgot that he didn't know when I was too. watching it. I, I was like, oh, I hate Aloe. And then he's, he is shocked that she's pregnant. I'm like, oh, well, I do kind of feel bad that they didn't tell him. Yeah. And I was laughing so hard at the part where he, he like points to Maddie and he's like, this dickhead knew before me. And I'm like, honestly, that is like a valid point. <laughs> how do you feel about Maddie and how <laughs> like I feel like, OK, I know he did something really bad. And going off of my memory, I'm like, I feel like they're being really cruel to him when he's in a really bad situation. And these are supposed to be his friends. Like, how do you feel about this? I kind of have like run out of energy to be mad at Maddie because right. I feel like they've really extended this plot point. This is the problem with the season for me is they take these like plot points and then drag it out for the entire season so that I basically stop caring by this point. And yeah. I'm like, okay, I guess Maddie's fine. Whatever. I've been annoyed at him for 10 episodes in a row so I, I really so he is the only main character to not get his own episode which is so weird to think about and like but he really he feels very underdeveloped and I think that's part of the reason and like this plot revolves around him and I think his guilt and how he's being treated and what he's not doing and it just feels like okay as much as I love queer rep as we know like we got Alex this season we should have given that episode to Maddie and like fleshed him out and like made me made make me feel a little bit for him. Like I just justice for Maddie. I like I don't even like him that much. I just think he I think he deserved better as a lot of these Gen 3 characters did. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think they could have put an episode where we see what he's been doing back in Morocco and like dealing with all that that would have been interesting and I agree it would have made him more sympathetic if we could see the struggles he was going through yeah it's just it's such a Maddie hate fest in this season and it's like we really needed his perspective no matter how you feel about him like I think it was needed it was so weird that we didn't get it they turn a lot of the characters into sort of like one trick ponies where it's just like, oh, Maddie's going to be kind of sobby and sentimental towards Frankie. And yeah. that's pretty much it. And kind of like rude to his brother. And Side note, as I was researching queerness in Gen 3 for this episode, apparently Maddie was supposed to be bisexual and it was like, so these characters had like profiles online on social media. I can't remember if it was like Facebook or Twitter at this point, but he had something. And like Gen 1, for example, had like MySpaces. So he had something like this and he had like favorite movies and they were like queer movies. And apparently someone somewhere said he was supposed to be bi and then it just never got, you know, brought up as that seems to be the case. Didn't he kiss a guy at some point maybe it's been a while since i've seen this but i was like oh like under the skins wiki page like he's in the lgbtq section and i was like oh 
and then I had to look into it and was like, hmm, okay. Yeah. I forgot. And it would have been interesting to see him and Frankie having a conversation about like their yes. sexualities. Even. And then I would have actually felt some sort of like support for them, maybe. Yeah, like when they were together, like I didn't like them together in series five, but like they've had they had like a queer vibe to them. Like not just because of, of Frankie. Like it's like, okay, yeah, like yeah, I could see him being some sort of queer, maybe bi. And yeah, it just seems like that should have been something we explored. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, I, I have a lot of hate for this topic. But um when you asked me to come on, I was like, well, I love the live episode, but if we want to like get into the negative queer aspects, like we could do mini Frankie. So I do like some things on this generation, I promise. And I love the live episode. Literally like the entire summary of what I've been saying this whole yes, season I'm like so- I'm not trying to be a hater but I just feel like there were some seeds of good ideas and then I think so many times and I think our generation like our age group has had to pick through the trash of like tiny bits of queerness in tv shows and that's where those Tumblr fandoms and everything took off is because we were like given such little to work with that we created these whole like extended universes of theories to get the queer representation we didn't really have. Yeah. And I just think like, and again, if you take this season and look at it by itself, like if you pretend five didn't exist, I really wouldn't have a problem with this series or this season um but when you look at what came previously and what was set up in terms of queerness it's just it's such a let down and then especially coming after like Naomi in gen 2 like and then it was like oh we're getting mini frankie and then nothing it just was you know a letdown honestly my whole thing is like justice for alex because he like genuinely is a queer character and everyone just forgets and it's like eh. yeah <laughs> like alex to me felt like i when i was 15 and a gay boy i was like oh yeah i love that we're getting alex and, like his episode was fine like i had fun with it but now looking back i'm like okay like it feels like they decided not to pursue minnie and frankie as queer characters so alex is the consolation prize and like he's just maxi done over but at least he got his own episode i guess definitely i can agree with that but I and do then enjoy so him. in this episode so they're in the hospital and then minnie's mom is not being super supportive about the pregnancy because she also didn't know up until this point and there's a lot of tension going on between shelly that's minnie's mom and her and so basically frankie and minnie take off because um Minnie's mom says that she'll support Minnie as long as she gives the baby up for adoption and so I found this really interesting I I like that they touched on this topic about how it really affected Frankie um to who was adopted to see this happening and Frankie really takes this personally and and like takes on this burden of no, she doesn't want Minnie to give the baby up for adoption because it resonates with her experience. And I thought that was actually really well done in this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was interesting. And like, so again, watching this episode, I forgot how gay this episode was while not wanting to be gay, but still very gay. It's such a weird stance in this episode, but I wrote something like, 
there's something very queer about Minnie and Frankie running away together from their horrible boyfriends to raise a baby. But it feels like the show is like trying to play it off as they're just gal pals. But like, come on, like these are two queer girls, one who had feelings for the other before and they've kissed and we're not going to address any of the romantic tension from last season. Like raising a baby together almost feels like a metaphor for being queer, but it feels like a straight person wrote it that way unintentionally. And to me, it feels tone deaf because the actual queerness is not being touched on. Yeah. So once they um, they're on the run, Frankie brings them to this sort of group home for people who need a place to stay overnight and they it's literally like and they were roommates like yes (laughs) they legit do the trope of pretend that they're dating and like they are so touchy-feely they're literally cuddling like holding hands and it's it's so queer but again not because we're not addressing it and like I'm always here for like casual representation where we don't have to label it or whatever But, like, this just felt, again, like, almost unintentionally queer because it was the elephant in the room. Definitely. Yeah, there's, I wrote some lines down from the scene where they're cuddling in the bed together. And um, Minnie says that she misses being held. And then she asks (laughs) Frankie why none of the guys are good enough for her. And there's just sort of this, like, huh, why is Frankie not wanting to be with any of these guys even though every man is throwing themselves at Frankie what could it be as they cuddle together in bed and look like they're about to kiss and I'm like please kiss yeah like I feel like Frankie never really showed any sort of feelings for Minnie like maybe there was something there a crush at some point I don't know but like Minnie undeniably was into her by the end of last season and like it just got dropped and I feel like in again this is in my memory but I remember in like episode two or three of this season something comes up about like everyone being obsessed with Frankie and Minnie has like this moment where you can see her be like oh yeah like like yeah everyone is like she, almost like she is acknowledging internally that she felt that way at one point but like that's all we get of her ever acknowledging how she felt and to me like I'm unforgivable, unforgiving of them not acknowledging that because it was, again, just interesting to her character. And yeah, like, and I'm not saying these characters are not queer in this season. I'm just saying the writers want us to forget that they were established as queer. I feel like this generation sort of um, goes about 70% with things and then draws it back and I think mm. the previous generations if they had an idea they would just go 110% into whatever the idea is so I'm thinking about the previous generations like Cassie just runs away to Scotland and she just does that and then things happen and um Cook and Effie just run away and it becomes a whole thing and then in this generation it sort of is like oh they're gonna run away but then Minnie's family is actually really supportive and (laughs) the problem with this generation is they have supportive parents (laughs) yeah that's such a problem (laughs) I hate when that happens it really like tones down the drama possibility yeah like yeah a fictional in a fictional show like this like yeah it really interferes with that fun teen drama 
And I guess it's nice. And, you know, some people have given feedback of like, well, the season's more realistic. And I'm like, sure. Is it though? Like, (laughs) this is the third time we've had a student die in our little friend group. And I'm like, okay, they need to start putting like an alert to all these kids coming into this school because one of you are going to die in every graduating class. (laughs) True. Yeah, I like that they do bring up Grace throughout this whole season and they sort of, I think in this episode, Minnie realizes she's been trying to rely on Grace and she says at some point, like, Grace, you're not here. Like, I need Aloe and Mm -hmm. like my family and stuff because they're actually here. Um, So that was touching. I... And then Aloe buys a house for them and he's like, I'm going to fix it up. And I'm just like, okay, that's like a nice, that's a nice happy ending. Yeah. Like, again, if, if I just looked at this season by itself, I'd be like, oh, that's kind of cute. But I'm, I'm just so bitter about Aloe (laughs) than what happened to Minnie and Frankie that I'm just, I can't enjoy it. And I hate that I can't enjoy it. Um, But I am happy for the people that like were into that, like, Minnie and Aloe had one really good scene together in series five, I think. And people just took it and ran with it and were like, oh, we shipped that. And I was not one of them, (laughs) but I'm happy for those people. (laughs) I just wish it had been queer. We're so bitter. I'm so glad to talk with like. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm I'm afraid I'm being too negative, but like I've pent this up for 10 years. It's it's time. Right. That's the thing. I'm like the people who love and like are their favorite seasons are five and six I feel like might be younger than us and maybe that's when they like started watching skins was those generations and I'm just like Uh. that is really nice and great I don't watch skins for a happy ending I watch skins for like emotional distress and to like have my heart palpitating and be really upset (laughs) yeah like we watch it to like there's really extreme circumstances that are a little bit larger than life like it's not fun but like to see those situations unfold like I feel like we live out our because I'm sure like my youth was not as crazy as skins maybe a little crazy but not that crazy so like I got to live crazily through them right I watched them for the emotional turmoil and yes. the heartbreak and I'm just like the season is is there's a lot of nice things and there's a lot of stability that comes through in the end and it's like many stepdad turns out to be a really nice guy and really supportive and then her mom's really supportive and aloe's really supportive and yeah and everybody just gets along and i'm like that's really nice I feel like you're being very positive about this because i feel like when i think about series six i'm like it's so depressing because mm-hmm. like it's just them dealing with the grief and like I'm like I thought it was interesting that they changed up the format of like we're not gonna wait to the last episode or two to kill someone we're gonna do it right away and we're gonna have to explore this grief like I I thought that was interesting and I admire them for trying to change up the format like like I said it's getting a little repetitive because we've already killed off people (laughs) two other times (laughs) and it was so mean to do it to Rich and Grace by the way I actually really love them um but yeah, like I find it interesting. It just, but yeah, like this isn't a season to go back and rewatch because it's fun for me because it's just so heavy. It is more depressing in a way because especially Rich in this episode, he's like, he shows up at Minnie's house and he brings her to the house that Aloe got for them and they're dancing and everything. And Rich is just like sitting outside watching them and 
like takes a swig out of a bottle and is like, oh, Grace, like you're going to be an aunt. And I'm like, I want to watch Ridge like rip his hair out and like go crazy, you know, but like, but he's so like emotionally mature that he's just like, oh, yeah yeah him and grace i loved him and grace and then Liv and alex i actually liked their friendship a lot yeah so like again i don't think he needed an episode i don't even know if he needed to exist and in an ideal world i think we would have had like minnie and frankie stay being prompt like explicitly queer on screen during this season and then maybe maddie got an episode but i don't know like by the end of this season i was like you know what even though i shipped minnie and frankie I'm really hard during my Tumblr days. I'm like, Minnie deserved better and better than Aloe and better than Frankie. Like, I'm just team Minnie. Yeah, I think it would have been interesting to watch Minnie and Frankie actually just raise the baby together. Like, they've they've already ruined Aloe's character by making him a pedophile. So I'm just like, why not just have him be on... That would have been an interesting plot twist as if he was just like, I want nothing to do with this baby and he just like leaves town or something yeah. and then they do raise the baby together that would have been would have been great yeah. and like so going through this season as it was airing week by week like it was really bleak as a queer fan to especially when you were like oh mini frankie it's gonna be end game like it got set up so good and as it kept going you're like oh my god this isn't looking good and then it's announced oh we're getting an episode titled mini and frankie and i'm like oh yeah like it's Endgame, like, and even, like, the episode clips coming out, the previews, like, they're holding hands, they want to run away together, and, like I'm saying, it, it's so weird that it feels so queer, these are two characters that were established queer, but then it's not, and it it's just so strange, like, I don't know, like, what? how do you read the relationship between Minnie and Frankie in this episode? And what do you think was intended? Because I think there might be a difference between what the writers were intending and us and what us as queer viewers were interpreting. As you're talking, I think I just coined a new term. I'm going to cry. I'm laughing so hard. But I think I'm becoming a skin cell. (laughs) 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 Or I'm just like, but I want them to be together. And they're like, it's not going to happen. And I'm like, but. (laughs) Right. But it's like, again, I want to say, I'm going to say it's queer baiting because even though they have been established as queer, these are two characters that they are putting in romantic situations and they are baiting us with these interactions. And it's like the fact that we are not addressing the fact that they're queer and, and just friends. Like if they're just friends, that's fine. Like I've already said, I'm not team Frankie in this at this point. But, like, it, to me, this is queer baiting. Like, after watching this episode, like, you're putting them in these situations and you you made promises to viewers and you are not following through on them. We've become full skin cells. Dude. Yes. <laughs> yep. I'm a skin and cell. A car- comparing it to the scene with Michelle and Zhao, like, that was, and I think the friendships among the girls in the first generation are so beautifully crafted and, like, show the intricacies of friendship among like women especially like teen girls and that there's a lot of ups and downs and um and Jal and Michelle's conversation when they're walking and she's like oh let's go like to the aquarium and the zoo because that's like where Chris always loved to go um 
it's really touching and they really like have the conversations about their feelings and then this generation they kind of hint at talking about their feelings but they never have those like profound there's no like fuck it for chris of this generation yeah um and i really loved that about the earlier generations is that they like did talk about their feelings in a really vulnerable way and Mm -hmm. i think this season is like lacking a lot of like genuine vulnerability (laughs) yeah like and when we get these relationships like the mini frankie relationship of this episode I don't know about you, but I I don't buy it. Like, and maybe it's because the characters just feel so different from last season. But I'm just like, really? Are they really this good of friends? Like, I mean, and I guess we could toss it up to like Frankie is just fixated on this baby and has forced herself into this situation. But like, but I wanna I wanna root for them as friends. And I'm just like, maybe Frankie's just so unlikable at this point that I don't care about their friendship. But like, it just feels so phony to me. I agree they've made Frankie like pretty unlikable and so like following Frankie's arc through this generation she was the new weird genderqueer person and I really liked the friend group of um, Liv and Grace and Minnie and Frankie and I thought there was a lot of interesting dynamics within them yeah and then there was all the tension between Minnie and Frankie and they were kind of arguing and then Grace died and then Frankie became straight. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's not that they stopped being queer. It's just the writers. I don't think they were queer. <laughs> no, I agree. I think it's a lot on the writers and I've been more than any other season I have been blaming the writers for yeah. everything and I I think with Liv's episode which was very well written there were different writers I noticed on the credits um because I know like different writers work on different episodes for this show I remember there was some sort of writer switch between five and six which I think even if you didn't know that like it's pretty apparent just in the the change of tone and what plots they're looking to continue but I remember, like, Jamie Britton, this was the one season he didn't work on. And I feel like maybe some other people left and got replaced. But, yeah, at the time, it was like, blame the writers. And I think that, you know, I think it rings true. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't even know. Is next episode the last episode? Yeah, next season is the finale. There's actually, there's a really beautiful song that, that ends this, this season. And I, I love it. It's in my playlist. And as this much as epi- I've complained. This episode ends with Minnie suddenly bleeding while she's with Aloe. So I'm assuming something's going to happen with the baby. I literally don't remember watching the season. So don't spoil it for me. <laughs> no I don't spoilers. Remember. No spoilers. I'll just say this song is great. So when it plays, you'll have to just nod your head and acknowledge how great it is. Okay. The finale it's very summary. It's the end of an era. The exam results are in. Alex is throwing the mother of all leaving parties. Everyone's future hangs in the balance as Frankie struggles to confront her past. The group is still in pieces following Grace's death and time is running out to make things right. I will say, as negative as I've been, I will say I think it's the finale out of the three generations that is the most satisfying because, like, one and two really ended on big cliffhangers. So, like... I will say that. I don't think that's a spoiler. That's a good thing I can say. 
It can't be a worse <laughs> ending than Freddy getting beaten to death with a baseball bat by his therapist. Right. Like... Yeah, you can't top that. I will say, I'm going to do a meme here. Yeah. If I had a nickel for every time Skins did an episode for two characters of the same gender with blonde and brown hair who kissed and were textually queer and fans shipped them, but they didn't end up together, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. Oh my god. Maxie and Tony Justice. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god. Over it. I know that Chelsea, who's been a guest on the show, would appreciate you pointing that out because oh she's like a big like justice for Tony and Maxie. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. I need to be friends with them. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Maxie Tony. I'm sure I've mentioned it before. Like, but that's a case where I would say, you know, Maxie and Tony were both established queer. In Tony's case, it was a little less like labeled, but I think it was established. Um, but like I don't think we were promised anything with those two characters. So it didn't feel like I was cheated. It just was, you know, you know like a case like, oh, I wish it would have gone this way. But they didn't do that. And I still like what they did. But that's like the opposite of what happened with Minnie and Frankie, in my opinion. I just had a revelation that I think. The reason, like, I have been like, why would people think this is the best generation and the best season? And I'm like, oh, there are some straight people who watch Skins. And, and like, this, <laughs> this is the straightest gen. And like, and, yeah, like some people probably really relate and like resonate with the issues that this cast and generation are going through. And I'm just like, everyone I've had on is queer. I'm coming from a queer perspective so I can understand even people who might be frustrated with my take on things because it's like yeah I don't know what it's like to watch this from a straight lens (laughs) right yeah like and again like I said I enjoy five I enjoy six for what they are but when you look at it as a whole I think it's very disconnected um just the plots and how the characters change but again like so much of that is tied into the queerness of Minnie and Frankie so like I can't separate that in my mind which is why I'm so unforgiving so yeah that's that's interesting this is this is the straightest generation and some people are straight and watch it and I'm just like wow That is like so different. I would love to hear from some straight listeners. Like, what are your thoughts? Is that why you relate to this season the most? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm excited for the finale. It feels very surreal that we're like coming to the end of this season, and then I'll be going on to excuse me, season seven, which is sort yeah. of its own beast. So the woman that wrote this episode also wrote the Naomi episodes next season. Ooh. Yeah. So we're going to have to have a conversation about that later. Um, But before I go, the one big thing that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, you know, besides just queerness in general in this generation and skins, there is another queer plot in series six specifically that I don't know if you know about um, or how many people even know about it. So like, because I was in the fandom when it was airing, I was talking earlier about how there was like social media accounts for characters. At that point it was Facebook and Twitter. And I had to do research for this (laughs) because (laughs) I needed the receipts. Yeah. So uh, Liv had a Twitter account, as did Alex and a couple other characters. One of them is Ryder. 
so like Nick's friend who was like very no homo like Mm. kind of overcompensating for something maybe so there's this mini-sode of Skins Unseen. It's all about Nick and Ryder at the beginning of Series 6. And they're, like, smuggling drugs. And they put it up Ryder's ass, which, like, whatever. But he has, like, this bad trip. And Ryder is being mocked by, like, this imaginary entity. And it's, like, telling him how he's a curious George. And he wants to have anal sex and suck dick. And it's, like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't even really pick up on it when I watched it when I was 15. But then anyway, back to these accounts they have on like Twitter, there was this whole plot line online in the last few episodes that were airing in this season. And it was Liv and Alex competing in this thing called Whore Wars. So they were trying to see who could sleep with as many people as possible uh, or men as possible. Um, and f- do you know this already? I don't know. No, I have okay, never okay. heard of okay, any good. of this. I'm I saw you amazement. listening intently and I was yeah. like, is, is she pretending? Okay. No. no. Okay. So I'm writing. You're on the edge of your seat. Mm-hmm. So it gets to the end of the period where they're like the cutoff is for how many people they can sleep with. They are tied. So throughout this whole thing, Ryder has been trying to get Liv to sleep with him as he does, like saying gross comments. And Liv is like, no, 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 no. Well, she gets so desperate because she's about to lose and she doesn't want to. So she's like, okay, Ryder, I will finally sleep with you, but he won't reply. So it's like, oh my God, Ryder, what are you doing? And we get this uh, post from Alex where it's a picture of Ryder's shirt, which says Womb Raider. And he's like, oh, do you recognize this shirt? I'm the room, the lone rider of whoring. And he wins because he apparently seduced Ryder, uh, who was apparently curious and it's just like this oh my god like i guess writer was like curious queer whatever um yeah and he slept with alex and all of this happened online (laughs) just again a little bitter that this plot line which could have been very interesting was reduced to like being on twitter and uh some minisode which reminds me of like when maxi got his love story in a minisode online and it's like why was this not in the show anyway I just had to share that with you. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much. I had no idea that that existed. And I definitely was not. That's what's wild about this show is there is so much extra content outside of the episodes. There are like hundreds of like mini episodes. There's a lot. <laughs> and like I it's... need to work my way through some of that stuff. Well, and it's just the fact that the two gay characters gay dudes like their love stories or interests or whatever we want to call this with Ryder I'm like it was reduced to not even barely existing like give me this content in the show please yeah that would have been a wild episode and really interesting and I would have that would have given like what the first generation was giving like yeah just balls to the wall yeah so i added this tray of this uh fact on the skins wiki page for writer when i was like 16 because like no one was talking about it and i was like no this is real this happened so it is documented there and now i've put it out into the the world in this podcast too so i'm just sharing that good news with everyone and i have the receipts so i had those twitter accounts still exist uh the writer one though when you go to it it says on every tweet, like, this account is suspended for inappropriate content, which I find very funny because it's not a real person. Oh, my God. 
yeah. this is amazing i'm like in the presence of a genuine skins historian <laughs> a like, historian you're like in the basement of the library like going I am, the hey books. i'm a librarian now i got promoted that's, oh so that's you, my big news you yeah. really are well congratulations really am. yeah i'm the skins librarian <laughs> oh my god that's amazing <laughs> so yes so there was a whole other badly orchestrated queer subplot in this generation surprise I am in genuine astonishment. I mean, the listeners can't see my face, but I've just had my jaw dropped for like 10 minutes straight here. Oh my gosh. I'll send you my uh, my receipts because I had to dig them up. Yeah, I need to see these Twitter accounts, MySpace, Facebook, anything you have, feel free to DM it to me and I'll for sure. take a look and probably post it to the podcast story so other people can see it too because Yay. that's amazing and Oh my gosh, I love this show. That's that, another thing I want to say is like, regardless of whoever likes whatever generation the best, like I think the worst of Skins is still better than most shows at their best, and that's like why oh, yeah. I love this show because even if it's bad, it's still good. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Skins was of its time, but I just go back to it, and you can see the great performances, the writing, like, and the fact that all of this was from creators who were so young, like, I love that they took up and coming writers and directors and let them just go wild. And it really created some amazing art. Yeah. Aw. Yeah. And next is the season finale. I'm gonna have to do it justice. So maybe I should check out more of the minisodes and stuff to get more context. Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> Yeah, there's some really good ones, especially for the gays, because that's where they were thriving, apparently. (laughs) Just behind the scenes. Yeah, behind the scene gays, you know. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on. It was really fun talking with you. Thank you for having me. It is always a pleasure. Do you have anything you want to plug, like any projects or anything? Um, I'm still doing my Batman podcast, Gotham Outsiders. You can find us on Twitter at Gotham Outsiders. We haven't been posting a ton of stuff, but we get something up at least once a month. Um, and yeah, today Kevin Conroy passed away, who was the voice of Batman. So that was kind of sad. Mm, but anyway, yeah. So yeah, not to bring it down on that note, but hey, this is a depressing season anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. check out Gotham Outsiders and Please. thank you all for listening and we'll be back next time with the season finale. Thank you for listening. <laughs>